Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more technical. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Welcome to the Real Estate Hackers Show, where we talk to actual investors who use systems and tech to scale out their business and where they see this all going in the future. Before we get to this week's guest, a few words from our partners and friends of the show. This show is brought to you by Red Rabbit Insurance. As a real estate investor, I love working with companies and people who truly understand investing. If you're a real estate investor, I highly suggest talking to Ryan at Red Rabbit Insurance. Red Rabbit specializes in working with investors of all sizes, both for their personal residence, auto, and investment properties. Red Rabbit recently saved one of our investors $5,000 a year by switching to the exact same coverage. That's a down payment on a new rental. I personally saved 15% by switching to Red Rabbit, which is pretty significant. And Red Rabbit Insurance makes it super easy to get a quote. All you need is the address, your full name, and your date of birth. No annoying questionnaires to fill out and Red Rabbit gets you a quote in less than a day. Email ryan at redrabbitinsurance.com or go to the website redrabbitinsurance.com or call 1-800-560-3015. That's redrabbitinsurance.com. Call today to save some money and get better insurance rates for your investments. Hey guys, uh, this is Chad Gallagher with the Real Estate Hackers Podcast, your host. I just want to give a really quick intro to this episode since it's a bit unique. Um, We're actually interviewing Nate Jones. He's actually my long-term business partner, um, helped start a couple different companies that we run together. Um, In this case today, super excited, we're actually talking about the uh, Hive co-working space, which is basically a $2 million building that we built uh, renovated and is now uh, up and running. So super pumped, tons of really good stuff here. Um, you'll even hear the drill outside as we're finishing the final uh, pieces of the building. So uh, cool episode and very special to me to kind of get to actually interview uh, my long-term business partner on the podcast here. And last thing, if you want to actually see the building that we speak about, we're having an open house Thursday, September 5th. Um, The address is 800 New Holland Avenue in Lancaster. And from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., we will have an open house here uh, with some some beer and appetizers. And you can actually check out the building that we uh, talked about, the the craziest investment I've ever made in my uh, investing career. So hope you guys like this episode and and can learn something and uh, look forward to uh, your response from the podcast. Thanks, guys. On on the Real Estate Hackers podcast, we're super excited. We've got Nate Jones in the room here today. Um, Nate actually co-founded Slate House Property Management with myself. 
And we're sitting here from the Langster Hive. Nate, thanks for joining. Yeah, my first time on the podcast. I was uh, starting to wonder if I was ever going to get invited. <laughs> yeah, we tried to keep you off as long as possible. <laughs> um, cool. So, uh, Nate, why don't you just first, by kind of giving people an intro, we try to keep you locked in the uh, office as much as possible. Right. So some people never actually see you. Uh, what, do you what do you do on a daily basis? Yeah, so I run uh, the operations here at Slate House. Uh, Chad's always kind of the face of the company, out and about, doing his thing, you know, growing the growing the business, and I'm the the guy behind the scenes, making sure that uh, things get run properly. Uh, you know, I'm making sure that maintenance is going well, making sure that the product managers are doing their job, and and uh, get to handle all the all the fun stuff. Yeah, sounds uh, super exciting. Uh, sounds like everyone's dream job to right. make sure uh, tenants pay their rent and leaky toilets get resolved on a daily basis. Right, yeah. We just had a tenant show up uh, looking to talk to me about a maintenance problem five minutes before we went live here. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's the normal day for me. Cool. Uh, so, yeah, so today what I want to do is I want to talk a little more about actually the Hive and what um, you basically headed up of, of kind of developing this space. Um, why don't you kind of just take everyone through how we bought it and uh, where we're at today? Yeah, so we needed, uh, you know, there's a couple things that kind of came together here. We, we needed a bigger office space for our, for our own company, uh, but we we're also looking to buy uh, real estate as investment properties. Uh, and as we started searching for an office space for ourselves, uh, we came across this building here that we're sitting in today. Uh, and at the time it was a shell. It was just a empty office, uh, great bones. It was originally a ice cream uh, factory. Uh, so it was you know, insulated really well. It had, you know, it's all concrete, uh, but yeah, it was a shell. And kind of the, the theory was we could uh, rehab it and then get it rented out and eventually re refi the, the money back out. Yeah, and the one unique part was the first floor was actually already rented. Yeah, right. So it was a 25,000 square foot building. Um, the first, you know, the first floor was 12,500 square feet and the second floor was 12,500 square feet. The previous owner had already renovated, gutted the first floor and had two tenants in there. Um, Long, long-term uh, tenants that are going to be there for a while, uh, which is great because those those tenants are going to be able to cover the cost of the of the mortgage. And uh, this upstairs was the you know the the next project for us, and that was all the the upside of the building. Yeah, and just from a financing perspective, something that made this deal really unique was we actually brought no money to closing, uh, so we were able to actually. Uh, have the bank basically put a lien on another property we owned in full. So then we, uh, what'd you do next? I mean, obviously, I remember we started to get bids on the property. Yeah, so so we bought this property about a year ago. And uh, it's really turned into almost a year-long project from day one till we were able to open up here. Uh, but yeah, day one, we thought, hey, we're we're busy doing what we do on a daily basis. We don't have the bandwidth to do a huge commercial flip. And frankly, we don't have a whole lot of experience doing commercial uh, renovations. We have a ton of experience doing residential stuff, but this was uh, you know, gonna be a, a big million dollar project. 
So the first thing we did was go out and, and talk to some some local contractors that did specialize in commercial. So how'd that go? Uh, we got some bids back. Yeah. So step one, uh, you know, and this is all semi new to to us because it's not our commercial isn't our world. Uh, but step one, we went out and talked to. We got three bids from contractors, uh, construction companies, and. The bids, you know, they weren't the they weren't giving us the estimate of the whole price. They just said, "Here's what we're going to charge for our services," you know. And some would come back and say, "You know, we want, you know, thirty thousand dollars plus a percentage of the of the project." Um, and we we got three different bids, and what we ended up doing was picking uh, someone kind of in the middle, uh, some a company that you know wasn't the most expensive, wasn't the least expensive, but also had some experience. Uh, so that was step one. Cool. Uh, and then if I remember right, I think we estimated the project would be like 700K or so. Is that right? Right. Right. So before we even bought the, the property, we needed to kind of run our numbers and make sure it, it made financial sense. And we kind of went through everything and, and we were thinking the budget should be somewhere, or the cost should be somewhere between six and 700K. Uh, and that's what we were expecting uh, or hoping for. And we went out to, so then we picked a contractor that we went with, a construction company. And then the next step was for them to go out and get actual quotes. So then they went out to all the different vendors that they work with, uh, construction guys, you know, the guys are going to build the walls, the guys are going to do electrical, everything. And uh, that took a lot longer than I thought it was going to take. Um, but it took a couple months to put together these, these quotes and it all kind of, concluded in a meeting with with Chad and myself and uh, they said here's what this is going to cost and you know we had no idea other than thinking it was going to be six to seven hundred thousand and they you know put the this big packet this big presentation they put it down in front of me and you know they kind of talked around all this stuff and said, okay guys what's the cost and, and they said it's going to be 1.1 million and I think actually Chad was in another meeting at the time and I, I said, hold on, time out. And I, I think I ran down the hallway and I said, Chad, I think we got a little bit of a problem here. <laughs> uh, this is our $600,000 rehab is now $1.1 million. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, that was definitely, um, I think in every project there's some moments where you go, oh crap. Uh, that, was an, that was an oh crap moment. Uh, and then we started to really look through the numbers and what we started to see was not so much the GC padding numbers, but more just some of the estimates we were getting, we knew we could get for less. Mm -hmm. Every quote seemed to be 10 to 20% higher. And when you put 20 of these quotes together, it ends up having the, the cost be you know, 10 to 20% higher. Right. And in a big job like this, that's several hundred thousand dollars. Right, right. Um, yeah, so, so then we basically fired him and then basically just GC'd it ourselves, right, right, from there on out. Right, so yeah, it, was, you know, it wasn't a, a great conversation because this company, you know, they, they did a good job. They were putting in some time and, and work. So we, we kind of met with them and said, hey, look, guys, this, this isn't working. We gave them, you know, we cut them a check for, for basically the time they had put in and said, all right, we're going to take our best uh, project manager that has a lot of experience doing residential stuff, and we're going to put him on this project. And it's pretty much going to be his project for the next three to four months, and that's all he's going to do. What, what were some places where we ended up saving money? Do you remember to get us from that 1.1 down to about 700 Yeah, Yeah, I mean, there was, it, it wasn't one thing. It was, a, a, you know, 
20 different items that we save ten thousand dollars you know a couple thousand on each right. but uh you know some of the the bigger things that kind of stand out to me was like i know uh some of the soundproofing acoustical work i mean they, they wanted to put a like a floating cloud in our break room i just that stands out to me that the floating cloud alone was going to be twelve thousand dollars and i was like that's you know, we'll take that out of the budget now we, we do need to do some soundproofing but we'll be able to do it at, at a fraction of the cost yeah yeah that's awesome uh okay so then um along the way I mean, a project like this never goes perfect. Is there anything you can think of that, that kind of caused some problems as we went through? Yeah, I, I mean, the, the biggest problem of all was getting the, getting the permit. Um, we worked with a, with a local township here, uh, and we did it over like Christmas and the New Year's hol- New Year holiday. So, you know, they kind of shut down for a couple weeks, but they just didn't get back to us. And it took after a month and a half or so of not hearing from them, then we had to go into their office and kind of be persistent uh, and ask them to get this back. We finally get it back and they have a list of 20 things that they wanted us to change or get more detail on. You know, things like uh, where's the handrails gonna be or we need more doors, uh, things, you know, ADA type stuff. Um, But then, so they came back and asked us um, to, to get these answers and then we would go to our architect, they would redesign, add some things to the drawings, we'd resubmit, and then we'd have to wait another two to three weeks. And then they'd give us back the, the we're hoping at that point to get this approved. But when they came back to us, instead of having 20 questions, we were down to 10 questions. And then I think we went back and forth three or four times, and every time was an additional two to three weeks. Um, so from the time we submitted in mid-December to the time we got approved, by the township, it was like mid-March. So it was almost a three-month uh, ordeal, um, which which is a problem because, you know, time is money and you know, right. we want to get this thing rented right. out. Yeah, I mean, luckily on the financing side, we were just paying interest, basically, on the mortgage. And, and then even better news was that the bottom floor was already rented. So right. we're kind of in a unique situation where we weren't in a in the huge rush that you normally would be in for right. a project like this. Right, yeah. So the bottom floor was covering the, the mortgage, the interest-only mortgage. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I remember there was some problem with the, the elevator came from Canada. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, we have, we have an, an outdoor lift slash elevator. Um, but that was, uh, you know, we, we ordered that and... You know, we, you know, we're hitting all of our budgets, all of our deadlines, everything's going smooth, but it only takes one thing to, to throw everything out of whack. And turns out the, the elevator was being ordered from Canada, of all places. So, you know, we're calling this company saying, like, why hasn't this been installed? And, and they're, they're like, well, it's still sitting in the Canada facility. So um, uh, you can do all, everything you can to keep things on budget, but sometimes your hands are kind of tied. It's like, what are you going to do? You can drive to Canada and drive this down here yourself? Um, but eventually it came and, and we got it all installed. Cool. Um, and then, I mean, some of the weird things we did, we actually kept a lot of the original, um, some of the original flooring mm-hmm. we just refinished. Yeah, yeah. So we we tried to uh, keep it kind of an industrial feel in here. Um, there's a lot of modern amenities and really, really cool, cool modern features, but at the same time keep that industrial feel the, the roots of what this building originally was, you know, it was originally a, a factory and storage facility for ice cream. So we kept, uh, 
kept a lot of the floors uh, exposed concrete. We polished them up, uh, they look pretty cool. And then we kept a lot of the ceilings open and there are like 14 foot ceilings in here, open beams. Uh, now, a lot of the other places we, we do have drop ceiling because of the acoustics, it, it sounds a lot better. And, and even if the floor, if you had all concrete everywhere, it really is bad for the sound. And then also after a while standing on concrete, it, it isn't great on your feet. Um, but the surprising thing is, and now the flooring we save money for sure by by leaving it concrete. It's a little cheaper just to buff it out. Um, but to have the exposed ceiling, it seems like that'd be cheaper, right? We probably save some money there because you don't have to um, put in the drop ceiling. You have no ceiling, so it should be cheaper. But but actually, it, it probably ended up costing almost double the price of what drop ceiling would cost because you don't think about it, but when you have it exposed, then you have to have conduit for all your electrical. You have to run different things for your uh, uh, smoke alarms, fire fire alarm stuff. And it just, uh, it, it increased the, the price a little bit, but I think you, know, you should definitely come in here and check check the place out. I think you'll see that some of the, the openness is, is a pretty cool feature. Yeah, uh, I mean, on the point of checking it out, so we're, we're doing an open house on, I believe it's Thursday, September 5th. The work is basically done, a few things to tidy up. So now the space, I, why don't you go into what we're actually using this thing for? Yeah, so this is uh, going to be a co-working space. Uh, kind of the, I mean, probably a lot of you know what co-working spaces are, but if you don't, kind of the, the premise is um, there's a, in, in an office space, there's a lot of common area. There's a lot of spaces that, uh, you know, everyone needs bathrooms and a conference room and a break room, but you don't use those things all day long. So there's a lot of uh, inefficiencies about if everyone had their own office. So you you kind of, in, in our office, we're gonna have that common area. We're gonna have all kinds of common use places like conference rooms and break rooms, but then there's also gonna be private offices on the you know perimeter of, of the office that you can rent out uh, the private offices or you can rent out a desk or you can just have a kind of a floating desk where you come and pick a spot wherever you want. Yeah, so it's it's 800 New Holland Avenue in Lancaster, for anyone who actually knows the area. Um, there is parking here, which is a little unique in that you, you're only a couple block walk, actually, from Lancaster City, but you do have parking, unlike sometimes city co-working spaces, parking can be really right, tricky. Right, right. And that, that's kind of by design. When we first picked out the space, we had to decide, do we want a downtown location, uh, which would be cool, be a sexy place, a really a cool atmosphere, but there's going to be no parking, or do we go out in the country somewhere where we have tons of space for parking, but maybe not as convenient. And I think this place, we got kind of the best of both worlds here. Like Chad was saying, we're a couple blocks from downtown Lancaster, uh, but we also have the, the parking space. Yeah, the one thing I like is, I think it's pretty neat, is we're kind of creating this almost like a verticalized co-working space. So a lot of the businesses here cater to either the real estate industry or high net worth individuals. And so you start to kind of have this like network effect where somebody walks in the door to meet with uh, a mortgage broker, for example, who, who works out of here. And then at the same time, they can meet a property management company, a real estate agent, um, you know, et cetera. So I think the other kind of need is that it's kind of probably the next evolution of co-working is having this, like, a, like I call like a vertical approach to co-working. Yeah. There's like a theme to the space. And in this case, the theme is going to be both kind of real estate as well as companies that are kind of working with other high net worth individuals 
um, whether that be uh, coaching other entrepreneurs or uh, we just met with someone who builds out websites for other companies. Those are all kind of like the perfect fit for what we're doing. As you can imagine, there'll be lots of kind of business owners walking through here, other high net worth individuals in the area, um, you know, or as well as real estate professionals. Right. And then there's also a event space in here that could host, uh, you know, a conference, uh, a seminar could fit easily 100 plus people in the room uh, for the evenings or even during the day that, that you're going to be able to rent out. Yeah, yeah. So the one of the goals is to have a whole bunch of events at night as well as on the weekends to just kind of get this place uh, hopping. Uh, cool. Nate, is there anything that you would have done different if you were to redo this project again? Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that, that was interesting when we were working with the construction company back at the very beginning, they had hundreds and hundreds of questions. What kind of trim do you want? What kind of doorknobs do you want? So many, you know, very, very detailed. And it was kind of a pain to go through all, the, all that detail, especially in the beginning. But once we started doing this ourselves and running this project ourselves, some of those small details were things that we forgot to do. So like, for instance, the, the contractor who was doing all the doors and doorknobs just put in regular doorknobs everywhere and didn't have the ability to lock the doorknobs. He didn't realize that these private offices on the inside here are going to be rented out to individual companies and they're going to want to lock the doors. Um, so, you know, then you go to him and you say, why'd you do that? And he says, well, you never told me. And ultimately probably was our fault for not going through that with him. Um, so I think our inexperience led to us kind of wasting some money there because now we have to, you know, install 30, 40 new doorknobs. Uh, but there's probably five or six things like that that we should have paid a little more detail to. Uh, kind of trying to get the project done, we were just focused on the big things, like make sure the electric gets done, make sure the fire alarm gets put in. Right. Yeah, it's a heck of a project. Um, now, guys, if you have any questions on Facebook, uh, you actually put in the comments, and what I'll do is after this, I'll go through the comments and I'll actually respond to any questions that there are um, for people. Yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, just because I'm, I'm sure a bunch of questions will come up. And like I was saying, September, it's Thursday, I believe it's September 5th, um, we're having an open house here. So from 4 to 8 p.m. Um, Thursday, if, if you happen to be in the Langster area or you just want to kind of come in and kind of see what we did, we'll kind of talk, walk people through this in person. Yeah, I, I thought one thing that, that people would probably be interested to know is some of the numbers, how this project oh, yeah. came in at. So yeah. if you remember, we were originally thinking six to 700 was our original range. The contractor came in at 1.1. I remember even that 1.1 number, they threw in a one of the line items was $50,000 for overages. Like they kind of factored in like, yeah, we might go over by $50,000 and we want to budget for that, right. which, which seemed a little like funny to me. Right. Um, so we we ran with our original numbers of six to 700,000 is what we were thinking when we did this ourselves. We, we actually got firm quotes for everything and it came in at about, uh, about $700,000 is where we came in at. Um, now we, uh, did all the, we did the project and of course there were some things that went over, but, but it was, you know, around 700. Now there's still some things you hear people cutting stuff outside, um, some loose ends, you know, we need to still hang some mirrors and bathrooms. So I bet when it's all said and done, it'll be just over 700, 710, something like that. We probably should ask for more. Um, but we ended up having 
what seven hundred thousand dollars of costs yeah so we had to put a, a little bit in ourselves and then what we'll do is once we lease up the upstairs we'll eventually refine the whole building yeah the, uh, the downstairs is generating about twelve thousand uh dollars in rent revenue a month yeah uh, right now yeah and as of right now where we sit the upstairs is rented for about about five thousand five hundred to six grand, we have in committed rent per month. Mm -hmm. The entire building right now, I mean, we just opened the doors here like a couple weeks ago. Uh, we're approaching eighteen k in total rent, and we believe that you know, fast forward six months to nine months, we'll we'll have uh, be approaching thirty k a month in rent once we have all the offices both leased. Leasing the offices for about five hundred bucks a month. And, and then a membership is 150 per month. Mm -hmm. So once you kind of get this place kind of uh, occupied, you know, the math shows probably between 2.5 and 3 million. Uh, and if we do the refi, assuming that all plays out, we'll actually get money back when we refi it into a permanent loan and be able to push that money back at closing back to our investors. Right. And one of the cool things about the, the co-working space, I don't know if you kind of put it together here, but the, the downstairs, which is the same square footage as the upstairs, we're getting $12,000 in rent. But the upstairs, when fully occupied, we'll be able to get around $18,000 in rent. So you're getting about 50% more revenue from the upstairs co-working space. And then you're also de-risking things because downstairs you have two big tenants. Uh, if one of those tenants leaves, you're in trouble. But up here, you're going to have 100 members and... They're not all going to leave at the same time. Right. right. Those tenants are going to be occupying maybe one or two offices, right? Mm -hmm. So if someone leaves, you have an open vacancy of $500 a month. You don't have a seven grand vacancy that you got right. to fill. Cool. Yeah. Quite a, quite a project here. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it all, it all came together and, and we're still kind of learning as we go, I guess. Yeah. Um, and the other interesting part, of it, just worth noting on the co-working side, we have some specific technology to actually run co-working. Uh, there's some weird things about co-working. It's a little different than kind of your ad, your normal prime management, um, one of which is just booking conference rooms, right? It's a task that you don't normally have to deal with in property management. In the co-working space, you do. Um, so we use some, uh, some special tech to basically enable the co-working to work here. Right, right, because you're having 20 individuals share couple conference rooms. Right. And then they can be more complicated. There's actually now three different locations that we're managing as co-working spaces. There's a bit of a network here that we're kind of creating with the Hive, which is uh, both complicated, but also interesting for, I think, someone who wants to be a member, they can actually potentially go to different Hive locations. Right. Yeah. So you become a member here. Uh, you can get the, the roaming desk for what $150. You can get a dedicated desk, which is yours. Keep your stuff there. Put pictures of your family up for $300. And then, uh, or you can rent a, a private office with a door that locks. Do whatever you want in there for uh, $500, right? Um, and then, you know, our office is going to be open, you know, 24-7. You get access to a couple different size conference rooms that we have. You got to come see, we just installed the glass at our one conference room. So it'll have like a glass wall. It looks pretty cool. And then we're in one right now. So we're actually doing this podcast and Facebook live from what will basically be, be the multimedia studio. So it's meant right. to be a room where you can create content, which we believe is kind of the future of 
uh, what businesses will be doing. Yeah, and we have this room about half set up now, but it'll it'll look pretty cool here in a couple of weeks with uh, you know getting some stuff on the walls and getting some more acoustical stuff on the walls and. You can you can literally come in here and have your own podcast for your own company. Cool. Uh, well, Nate, thanks for joining us here. Uh, yeah, lo- long time listener, first time guest on yeah. the uh, podcast. Yeah, pretty pretty exciting. I hope uh, I hope the Facebook Live thing worked out all right, and and hopefully we don't yeah. have too much sound in the background. Yeah, I'm sure we'll hear from the comments how that actually played out uh, pretty pretty soon. Actually, right. Um, right. and yeah, so uh, we're gonna wrap up the podcast here. Thanks for joining. Got a, got a ton of great guests coming in the future. Um, so just, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, and then we got Ed Hale here in the uh, weeks to come. We just interviewed him. Man, awesome, awesome guy. Crazy stories. Uh, can't wait for everyone to hear him. And uh, yeah, other we got an Airbnb uh, person coming uh, to talk about their, their experience in uh, kind of student housing, actually. Um, so Got some really cool stuff coming out of Pipeline on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining the Real Estate Hackers podcast, and uh, we'll see you soon. So that's our episode of Real Estate Hackers. Thanks for joining us in your real estate investing journey. We come out with fresh new episodes weekly. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, and if you would, let your fellow investors know about us. Also, if you've ever hacked or found a unique solution to an issue in the real estate space, hit me up. We may even share your real estate hack on a future episode. Check out our site at realestatehackers.com, on Instagram at realestatehackers, or email me directly at chad at realestatehackers.com. Real Estate Hackers is an on-air brands production. Huge thanks and shout out to Eric and the team at On Air Brands. Be sure to check them out at onairbrands.com. This is Chad Gallagher, your host of Real Estate Hackers. Hope to see you at our next meetup or live event. And who knows, you may even be the next guest hacker on our show. See you soon.